0: Love Talk
1: Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brenning and Jack McEnrod. They'll be taking your calls and speaking with a different guest each week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347 215 9442. That number again 347 215 9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio.
0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining, and a little bit later, I'll be joined by my co-host, Jack McEnroth. I am excited to have you all with me. This is our second show back, so it's kind of nice to get back into the routine um, after the new year and the holidays, um, so I'm excited about that. Um, one thing I did want to um, – let me see. Here's Jack. Jack, are you with me? Hi. Hey, how are you? Happy New Year.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You too.
0: Feels like forever.
1: It does.
0: So how's Miami?
1: It's good. It's, um, it's, no, actually it's not, it's been cool. I think we're like experiencing our version of the rest of the country. So it's finally getting cold in New York and whatever. And I think it's probably, I mean, for Miami, it's, cool it's probably like 63 or something today oh how
0: cold it's like i know freezing
1: it. <laughs> well it's so funny because if it drops below 70 everyone here gets like their sweater and they're like oh my god it's so cold i'm like oh really like this is a nice day in spring in new york so,
0: <laughs> so you haven't turned into a snowbird yet where no cold. no no i mean
1: i wish i wish i was like independently wealthy and i could just chat down here whenever I want, but it's been good.
0: Good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Just getting everything situated, you know, trying to catch up with the holidays and everything. So it's nice. I know. Getting ready for the busy, uh, you know, season with conferences coming up and everything. So it should be fun. Good. Um, one of the things I wanted to uh, talk to you about um, since, uh, it's on and we're waiting, you know, for our guest to call in a little bit later is, have you been watching the, um, all stars? Oh, Project Runway.
1: Have I been watching, say that again?
0: Project Runway, all stars.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I'm not as obsessive about the show since, you know, for the last few years, but, um, I do watch it on like, uh, you know, on my DVR or whatever. Um, yeah, it's good. I think with any reality TV show, I mean, I don't know. I just watch everything different now because I've been on it. So right. I don't I think it it unfortunately it takes some of the fun away because I'm constantly analyzing like what's produced and what's what's real and how did they do this and how's this edited? So I kinda of try to get in the producer's brains so I can't just While sit back and watch it. it. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's good.
0: No, no, I think it's, it's kind good. of a really loop that um like Tim wasn't there and Heidi wasn't there like it's all new. Yeah. So. Well, I know, think that weeks. was
1: like a it's a probably has something to do with their contracts and who knows it's all business stuff right. but um yeah and I I also think like calling it the All Stars is like I don't know I mean obviously it's not the most talented people I'm not I'm not trying to promote myself. But, I mean, I if I was to, to pick, like, I don't know, 12 or how many people they started with, of, like, the really, the best people, That's I mean, I think it also has to do with who's available and who's not and who they pay and right. who they don't and all that other BS. Exactly. But it's not who I would have picked is all I can say.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I was a little, you know, curious about it. But I've been, I've been watching it, too. So that was a question that a lot of people actually have been asking. Uh, me, what you thought about it, you know what I mean, and, and how come you weren't there? That was something that somebody asked me the other day on um, a group. Have, they well, that's that.
1: easy enough. They, they've they never asked me to come back for anything ever.
0: Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that's all
1: about, but I wouldn't go back at this point because I don't think people kind of realize it's it's basically um five weeks of your life that you're trapped and they don't pay you. And it's totally exhausting. Like, it's nonstop filming. There's no days off. It's yeah. And it's just excruciating. So I don't think I would go back, if, even if they asked me, because it's it's just too much. I'm like, I've sort of moved on. And it seems like it's really fun when you're watching it, but it's 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 pretty intense. Like, I even know Mondo. I was talking with him last month, and he was like, I didn't have fun. It was really <laughs> hardcore. And I mean, the taping's already, it's, it's long over. It was, I think they finished it in the summer. So he was like, he's like, it was torturous. It's just, and I think the all starts he even said was even, it's a little bit more intense because everybody knows how the game is played when you go into it. So he's like, it was really intense and it wasn't as fun. And I think part of that whole torturous process is a little bit fun because you don't know what to expect. But when you go into it knowing, oh my God, we're going to be up for 14 hours straight sewing, then you're
0: like, this is not as fun as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> so. Oh, shit, that's funny. so um, what, one of the other things I did want to, um, I, I did want to mention some of the shows that we have coming up uh, for people who are listening maybe uh, for the first time. Um, But um, first I'm going to have to go into my 2012 calendar for the cure, Jack McEnwalt's calendar to find oh, God. out this is my, my super calendar. You know, I sit here and I was, Look at I, you know we're in January, so I looked at January and I was like, oh, you know what if I re- reenacted every single one of Jack's photos, right, and did something funny just to, like play? And then I got to February and I was like, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what and month is what. What's in February? What does it look like? Well, February has your butt. So <laughs> oh, I was right. can't do that. <laughs> oh, you
1: could. Come on.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm sure, but Joe wouldn't like that.
0: So. <laughs>
1: no, I'm sure you wouldn't.
0: My mom doesn't uh, like it that
1: much, my mom doesn't like it that much either. Oh, well. Hello? I'm sure.
0: I'm sure. Yeah, I'm here.
1: Oh, okay. Sorry, I got a little feedback.
0: No, that's fine. Uh, So I just want to mention that coming up uh, next week, uh, the 22nd, we're going to have Butch McKay, and he runs the Positive Living Conference down in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. Um, It's one of the the best conferences that I've been to, and it's like 98% of the people there are HIV positive, so... It's really good to go and connect with other people that you know are living with the disease, and that's one of these conferences where it's not you know overran by you know people who work for pharmaceutical companies or or whatever. So I'm going to come on the 22nd because no, really, you go to these conferences and you're like, oh, well, I want to talk to other people who are HIV positive. You no, I know, uh, no.
1: no. I mean, they have to do what they do, but it's like I know right. what you're saying. It's like you're actually going there to kind of network and meet new people, and there's like. Eighteen thousand reps from different things, hawking their like keychains and stuff,
0: and you're like, mm, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, February fifth, we're going to have James Osman on. Uh, he's a, a member of Positive, and he just recently joined, and he's going to come on and share his story. Um, the twelfth of February, we're going to have Logan Vox on, and he runs the Positive Young, the, what is it? Positive Young People Foundation in, in California, and then on the nineteenth, Jack uh, Paul from the Paz Cruises is going to come on. And uh, talk about movies. Yeah, usually we have Nate on, and Paul is kind of the guy behind the scenes who does, I guess, most of the work. I'm assuming, um, and started it all. So he's going to come on and uh, talk about it.
1: Yeah, I'm out with him. Actually, it sounds really cool. I, I think it's in October, if I'm not mistaken, of next year. Like, didn't they just go on there? So they just did it. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I was actually just on the phone, and it's October. I want to say like 28th to the 4th. It's like the week of Halloween.
1: Right. Yeah, I talked uh, to him okay. about somehow for maybe participating next year. I don't know. They're probably already making reservations and stuff. So, yeah, yeah so, I, I, it, it could be fun. I, have you been on a cruise before?
0: I have not, but um, Mark has, Mark King, and uh, he does blogs about it. And, you know, it seems great. A lot of people that we know have been on it. so.
1: Yeah, yeah. He was talking about Mark when I'm, he's like, he's like hey, do you know that crazy Mark King? I'm like, oh, yeah, girl, I know her. <laughs> Speaking of cruises, did you see that messed up cruise ship in Italy or off the coast of Italy that tipped over?
0: Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. That makes me not want to go.
1: <laughs> I know, because I was talking to my friend tonight, and he was like, "Oh God, cruises!" Like he's like, I, he's like, "I would be a claustrophobic." And I'm like, "Well, when you see a picture of a cruise ship lying on the side, yeah, I get it."
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm the type of person I'm like petrified to look out and have all water around me.
1: Yeah.
0: Especially, like, well, I it's think black, so, like I'm hesitant.
1: Yeah, being trapped, that makes me nervous.
0: And I can't yeah, not being able to swim to like land. No, I don't like No, that. I know. <laughs> like I can swim but not that long. Yeah. You could probably no, it's great. Well, I know, but
1: it depends where it is. Like if it's like Titanic-y <laughs> in the middle of nowhere and it's like 30 degrees. <laughs> With ice chunks flooding in it? Yeah, that's not going to
0: happen. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay, I see we have our guests on the line, so I'm going to um, go ahead and bring on uh, Greg Halpin. Uh, Greg is a self-mastery coach and healer, and he's going to come on and share his story and talk about, um, I guess, this, not this necessarily this new adventure, but this new website that he just um, began. So please help me welcome Greg. Greg, welcome to the show. Hey, what's up? Hey, how are you? <laughs> hey, Greg. <laughs> hey,
2: Jack. Hey, bro- um, Robert. How you doing? It's good to be here.
0: Good. Good. good how
2: you? How you been? Good. Good. Just kind of, you know, it's getting cold here in New York, and I went out to t- t- two boots just a little, little while ago, and I froze, and now I'm back. <laughs> now I'm back home, like just cuddled up on my couch. Where do you live right, in the right. city? I live on um, the upper You don't have west to give side. me your exact address you don't have to give me your exact address. I'm just curious. I know, <laughs> I, I don't even care because I'm so open about that, but yeah, I, I live on the upper west side, uh, near um Riverside Drive. Oh good. Yeah, it's it's nice up here. It's um it's quiet. My I live in a I live literally live in a walk in closet, very fancy walk in closet and very good for New stuff. York. Very New York. very New very York.
0: New York. <laughs> <laughs> so, Greg, um, okay. Let's let's start off. Um, I'm gonna you know take it uh, from from your website. Tell us um, you know about the day when you were 27 years old and you, as I quote from you, a medical bomb biggity bomb was dropped on your doorstep. <laughs> <laughs>
2: for lack of better words, but um <clears throat> yeah, it was like you know I met somebody. It was kind of living in the city already for about 4 years or so <clears throat> and i met someone new and i'm like well you know i think i think it, i should get tested since i've never been tested before and um and i had already been out for years and you know i've already had sex and all that stuff and <clears throat> um hiv and aids has already been out since you know for i guess what 10 years 11 years already And so I thought, well, I might as well get tested, and so I got tested, and, you know, lo and behold, I tested positive for HIV.
0: And yeah, it was... was, Did you get tested on a regular basis, or was this kind of just out of the blue, you thought? Just out of
2: the blue. I mean, I kind of grew up in in a... in an environment where that sort of thing just wasn't talked about or supported, so I really didn't know anything about, you know, getting tested. I just heard, you know, you hear the horror stories, but you never hear like the treatment side of it, or the or the getting tested side of it, or or being careful side of it. So that was my very first time. And, and this was I'm in. Like, I'm reading. I'm reading from your website as well. It's
1: 1997. You said it
2: correct. <laughs> yeah 97 1997
1: so i i mean i actually at that point i'd already been positive for god nine years or something but um i kind of so 97 there it was still basically people were Getting sick, but I think it was protease inhibitors were just hitting right around then, correct? Like in the 94, 95. So, yes. People were kind of doing okay, but it was a little bit like a turnaround period for a lot of people. Did you feel that?
2: No, I didn't. I actually, I was, I, it was like the next, I guess the next 12 or 13 years, I kind of lived in this, this shell of fear around being HIV positive, as though, you know, I felt like it was. It was the end of the world. I guess I don't know why. I guess I was sheltered. I was not, you know, I didn't come from a family that encouraged safety and encouraged taking care of yourself. So I kind of brought that experience into my, you know, into my adult life. So I never, I never like, I I wasn't awakened to the reality of like, wow, yeah, so there are new meds out and, People are actually starting to live now, and you know people aren't dying as much. So it wasn't really that much of a reality.
0: Right. How did you How did you um, find support? Were you did you know people who were HIV positive? Did you have friends?
2: No, I didn't. I was actually <clears throat> the day I found out. I, I called up my best friend, and she, and she just came directly over to my apartment, and she was kind of my my support for a while. Then I did some support groups for a while in the city. And um, it's just very interesting. I didn't, I, I kind of like lived the whole experience just on my own. And like, I, I internalized everything and I didn't like seek out, like I went to GMHC for certain things and, you know, I got some really great health, um, Great uh, healthcare at St. Vincent's Hospital that just recently closed, or closed a few year, couple years ago. So bad. I miss yeah, I'm sorry,
1: I miss St. Vincent's. I had I had a, a lot of shit go down there, <laughs> but it was great. It was, it was great to have it though. It was a great to love have
2: having it that. go down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, totally. I mean, I was very shocked that they they were closed. They were like my that was my place. That was my Yeah, me too. My like safe place. <laughs> so, I guess the new facility is is pretty nice at Mount Sinai, but but yeah, it was just it was a very interesting 12 or 13 years of just living and in, living inside of my head about it. Like I said in my description, I didn't the i wasn't like it didn't consume my immune system it didn't like it did make my immune system shrink a little bit but i didn't get sick but what got Were me sick was my, yeah i'm on meds now and i yeah i've been on meds for a while and everything is you know 100% wonderful with my with my health it was just um it was kind of consuming my emotions and my in my mind so I guess it just did. And I guess it does that for anybody who is Yeah, I was uh, going to say I was going to say I think that's actually really
1: common where people yeah. especially because of the judgment that's still put on you. Um you know, I mean it's easier Mhm. Externa- it's easier externally to not talk about it, but I think internally it's not fun for anyone. Yeah, there's still a bit of there is still a little bit of a stigma out there. Do you think Oh my god, massive
2: yeah massively. I think I
1: think once you've once you've talked about it and come out about it and are kind of comfortable yourself with it, you kind of forget. but when you go somewhere that doesn't i mean in Manhattan especially you're kind of there's you know a lot of other positive people and it's not such a big deal but when you go somewhere where it's not openly talked about, you totally notice that there's a judgment and people still I still get emails from people every day that are like Facebook messages and they're like, oh my god, I hope you're okay, and I hope you you don't look sick, and you know I hope you get better. And I'm like, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> exactly. And then dating too, it's like when you when you meet somebody who's not positive and you kind of disclose it, it's like you know cric- you hear crickets. It's like, um, hello, are you still there? And you know <laughs> right. they eventually just they eventually just like disappear. But you know, but I'm for, I mean, but fortunately, I've I've met all the negative guys that I've met that I've dated haven't had a problem with it, which is surprising because I hear a lot of stories about men who just who have a hard time meeting other men who, you know, meeting other men because of their own status. So I'm really fortunate that way.
0: Sometimes that happens because the person who is positive when they're disclosing. Um, they're a little bit, you know, more at peace with their status and um, okay yeah. with it. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's a little bit easier to disclose to somebody when you're more at peace and accepting of your status. because exactly. you seem to be in a place like that.
2: Yeah, now I'm just like, I don't really, I care a lot about it, and I'm becoming more conscious about it, and I want to be more public about it. And in my career and everything, I want it to be not like the forefront of everything, but I want it to be... I don't want it to be a secret. I don't want it to be hidden because I think that's the whole the whole concern or issue about this whole situation is that it's just that's why it's a stigma because there's so much shame around it, and I just want to help you know just get rid of that shame. Do you feel that you've been hiding it before um i I did hide it a little bit, but even though it's funny because even as much as I would admit it to people, there's something that I didn't admit to myself about it. I didn't really connect to myself like yeah i'm h i v positive and for like ten years, I was doing all these things that were just so bad for me and behaviors and and all that stuff. I just was doing all this stuff that was actually you know hurting me than you know healing me so it's very well, interesting. I think- I mean, I think you can't help escape the judgment
1: and the stigma. I mean, even if you're really out about it like all three of us are, I even find myself, you know, when you go into meet a a, a new group of people or whatever and people say, like, what do you do? I'm always like, well, I do a lot of things. And when I have to actually verbalize, well, I do a lot of HIV education and I do this and I do this radio show, it's like people are like, you know, you always – even if it's just your assumption about what they're going to think, you're like, is that going to be weird? Like, and even if they're like, Oh, cool. You know, you always have in the back of your mind, like it's just going to be weird.
2: Like, uh-huh. I think
1: that, that just shows that we we're still quite aware of the judgment
2: that can take place. So. Absolutely. I think some, a lot of us are super sensitive to that. Um, even though, you know, as much as I think I'm strong, I think I'm, you know, out there and the work that I do and all that stuff. I'm still, you know, still a little kid inside. And yeah, of course. Not to sound cheesy, but <laughs> I, yeah. I, a little boy still kind of like, ah, you know,
0: please,
2: just be careful with like me. Like me, please like me. Yeah. Yeah, please like me. Um, and something else just came up, and I'm curious about how you guys, what you got, what your experience was, and um, my experience before I found out. I was positive. I remember, you know, engaging in risky sexual behavior and all that stuff. And I remember saying once or twice to myself that, and this may sound a little messed up, but I, I like I remember saying to myself a couple of times, well, you know, if, if I get it, I'll just have to deal with it when it happens. Um, I know it sounds messed up, but have, have you experienced that? I don't think that's messed up. I mean, I do. I mean, when you actually...
0: You know,
1: dissect it and the psychology behind it. But actually, it's not uncommon. I've yeah, I've I've heard from many people. They're like, well, you know, I knew that what I was doing was having unprotected sex, but I was like, whatever. I was too it was too annoying to put a condom on, and I was too Well, if I get it, then I just deal with it. But I also think that it's the psychology of being gay in our society, and you're kind of. You're insecure, and you you feel you're told constantly by society that you're not okay. And I think a lot of gay people or you know LGBT people are damaged or don't have security or don't have the self confidence to stand up and say, "No, I'm not going to do this. Like
0: that's Mm. not okay." Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's something that um, you know is thought about. But when I thought of that, it was because I was usually tweaking on some sort of drug. And, you know, I would think, oh, well, if I get it, I get it. No big deal. I'm too busy having fun right now. So for yeah, me, that was why that thought was through my head, because I was usually high.
2: Yeah, that's um, – it, it's just interesting. I I always thought, like, wow, I can't – like when I realized I was thinking that way, it it just came to me as this – like, epiphany, like, wow, I, how, how can people think that way? But I do I do get it. I do understand where that thinking comes from. So it's very interesting. So tell us a little wow. bit about your, your website and what you're doing now. So what I'm doing now is, well, I'm doing a couple of things. Um, I'm um, launching myself as a solo singer in, you know, in different I have a musical theater background, and the other thing that I'm doing, like, those are, that's one of my passions. So my other passion is um, being a, you know, I don't want to call myself a healer, but, you know, I'm a life, self-mastery coach and healer, and I just kind of, from my own experiences, uh, experience of pain and suffering, I just want to help other people, you know, work through that. Especially gay men, um, I think there's a lot of wounded men out there who could use some direction. So I'm very excited about that. And I just kind of launched it a couple months ago.
1: So tell everyone what the website is.
2: It's, it's called great. Urban. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> it's called Center dot org, and my my whole idea for that is like, eventually I would love to have a. Um, a um like a real live in person space that has that offers programs and different spiritual meditations and, and you know yoga and all support groups and but i want i wanted to have like a, a new york edge to it um that's why it's called a urban oasis
0: cool right, now can you for for people who don't understand please explain what a self mastery coach is so
2: essentially a self-mastery coach is somebody who helps somebody master their themselves, you know, master their lives in whatever area in area that they want to kind of work through. But my, what I'm finding that my calling is, is pain, emotional pain and helping people kind of, you know, it's not something like from trauma or whatever. It's not about, Getting rid of it or pushing it away—it's about changing your perspective because you can change your perspective around certain situations. And so, essentially, that's that's what that is about. It's so, sort of um, it's sort of unfolding still. So. And what by? What do you mean by healer? Like, is that
1: just kind of emotional, or what is? I mean, because when I think of healer, I think of like.
2: In the crazy 70s. No, I'm just kidding. In the crazy... <laughs> what? I said, I'm Jesus. No, just kidding.
1: No, totally. Oh, that's bad. We, we've never we've never had him on our show before, so that would be good.
0: Oh, it's um, good to be here. <laughs>
1: no, but when I think of he, when people say healer, that reminds me of, like, the crazy people. Like, what was that, um, that woman that in the, like, 70s and 80s that just said, like, if you have cancer, it's because you manifest it. And, like...
0: <laughs> you
1: know that that uh, that or, that's just you
0: know, from like the eighties. Or is it more along the lines of like a Reiki healer? It's sort of like well, healer
2: healer has such so many different meanings to it, and there are so many different modalities to healing. But I guess I look at healing as a way of um, just helping somebody else, leading somebody else into their own truth and into a. a place of more joy and happiness, you know, without sounding, you know, too corny about it, but that's, that's really, that's how I see, that's how I view healing. Um, I do have a little bit of a weirdness around the word healing, but it's very, you know, it's very in, it's, I hate to say that, but it's in and trendy, so um, it kind of helps. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And I'm also like really big on the not religion thing, like not like I'm not really for religion at all. I'm I'm all about the the spiritual teachings of all these amazing people like Jesus and Buddha and you know all those great people. So, I'm like very much of an advocate of that.
0: Cool. I see that you I were you talking about Louise, Hay? Oh,
1: yes. That's who it is, oh Louise, yeah, Louise Hay, she's crazy, and basically, my friend was like, "Oh, I was on that hay ride, and I couldn't wait to get off, but that is so yeah, funny. she was i think she was like I think seventies eighties, and she was she basically said like if you have some sort of illness, it's your fault somehow in your head, I mean, I don't think it was that negative, I don't think it was that negative, but she was she was she was nuts. <laughs> I love that That's, word. That is my opinion.
2: <laughs> I love that word, nuts. It's great. Yeah. It's a professional word. We use it all the time. <laughs> you're nuts. <laughs> you're nuts. That's funny. I'm Jesus, so, you know. Yeah, you're Jesus, and I'm nuts. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, those those are the two things that I'm really, you know, expand- I'm 42. I'll be 42 in, in March.
1: And like Me I said, too. I lived. Mm
2: -hmm. I'm sorry? Yeah, who was 42? I'm 42. Yay. Right on. (laughs) on. Yeah. And so I'm looking at this as like just an awakening all all around because I lived, you know, I don't want to keep repeating it, but I lived in such a shell for like 10 years that, that, you know, this is my
0: time and all of that crazy stuff. Cool. Real quick, I just want to open up the – the phone lines for people to call, in if you'd like to uh, give us a call here, you have a question for Greg, you can reach us at 347-215-9442 and press the number one, so you'll be put in the queue, and we know you want to speak to us. Um, how has your family dealt with um, your status, Greg? Uh,
2: <clears throat> well, my family's actually really, really, really supportive. They've all, they always have been, and that is something that I'm really lucky and blessed to have. Um and it's just I think it's changed our family in, in a big way um and in, in, in terms of how we you know how we communicate cuz we kind of we kind of had a very chaotic life in the past and I think that sort of uh helped heal it a little bit but they're really good about it they're really good my mom's very supportive Cool cool Sorry. Yeah, my, mm-hmm. yeah, my siblings as well. Everybody's like, you know, always making sure that I'm good and very supportive of what I do and where I go and all my craziness and my insanity. You
0: know, that, that's kind of weird, Greg, because you talk about, um, you know, how it, you thought it kind of brought your family kind of closer together. And I kind of feel mm-hmm. it did the same for me. And sometimes I'll go to um support group and I'll hear some of the younger people who are newly diagnosed talk about, Dreading to tell their family and how their family is really negative about, you know, gives a negative response to them telling that they're HIV positive. And it, it, people need to be reminded that that some, you know, the families will come around because for me it wasn't they weren't open arms right away, you know what I mean? They, they had to work themselves around. So to hear that coming from you is great. That that you need to be reminded.
2: Absolutely, because you know, you know, whether whatever kind of rejection that they're experiencing, it's because. The family's afraid. I mean, that that's the only reason why. It's, it always boils down to fear. And if someone could just remember that and just be the person who's going through it, you know, say like, okay, my family's afraid, so I'm just going to give them their space and
0: they'll come around. That's very true. Cool, cool. Okay, we actually have a caller on the air. So area code 423, what's your name and where are you calling from? Hey, this is James. How are you guys doing? Hey, How you, James? James. How are you? Can you hear me? Yeah.
2: Okay. uh, Greg, I was just wondering, I'm sure this is for anybody who goes through being diagnosed, but there was a point probably during your hardship after being diagnosed when you told yourself, I can't live like this anymore. And then there was a point where you decided, I'm going to start doing something about it. In that time period, how did you
1: survive
2: and what pushed you to just start taking taking, uh, control? Oh, uh, well, I mean, it, first of all, I mean, everybody's experience is different, but I know my mind took a lot of years. Um, it wasn't like an overnight sensation kind of awakening, but for me, it took many bottoms and it took many hitting many walls and just going through a lot of pain to just get to that point where I'm like, okay, I need to make a change. And so I would say my suffering kind of forced me to change. Okay. Who wants to Who wants to suffer? Right. Um. So so essentially that's that's how I, you know, came to start taking better care of myself, and actually thriving, and just like you know I'm, I'm going to do everything that I want to do in my life, and you know nothing's going to stop me. Absolutely, I agree with you on that, and you know I've read over your site and stuff, and I'm very happy for you. I, I really well, am. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Absolutely, it was good talking with you. Okay, you too. Take care. Thank you. Ah.
0: Cool. Cool. That was very cool. So, what um, you have, uh, I saw some things being posted on Facebook. You are talking about doing some sort of a a four-week teleworkshop. Can you tell me a little bit about that?
2: Um, Yeah. In March, I'm going to launch this four-week teleworkshop, which all takes place on the telephone. And it's going to be nine people, and it's going to take them through a series of, um, you know, they're going to bring their own agenda, their own, like, what do they want to work on, what do they want to let go of, what kind of pain do they want to let go of, and what do they want to accomplish this year. And so they get four weeks to really work through, like, the crap and the shit of the stuff that goes on in our minds that kind of stops us from, you know, really going for the gold. So that's that's essentially what that is about. And it starts in um, March, and you can find everything yeah. on the website. On my website. you can go there and sign up for it all. Yep.
0: Cool. Now, Jack, are you still with me? Yeah. Okay, I thought I lost you for a second.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just was exactly. and I had to pee. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that's I took y'all really into, ba- into the bathroom <laughs> with
1: me. <laughs> Robert, I think you have a little bit of a. De- Someone has one of the three of us has a
2: delay, so we're kind of like stomping over each other, but it's fine. Yeah, it's totally seamless. It seems seamless. Okay, then maybe, maybe I'm the one with the delay.
0: <laughs> Probably since you called in late.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh snap! <laughs>
0: snap, girl. <laughs> oh shit! So Greg, oh, what's now. your
1: See, so this is why we keep running into each other. Um, what's your like experience now? in, like, you know, you talked about the stigma and whatever. But are you? Do you? Are you? Obviously, you're really fairly open about it. How, yeah. How is your experience now? I mean, do you still feel the stigma? Just for me in Manhattan, I don't really feel it. I think living in New York, it's a little bit of a different world than if you were to say go somewhere more rural where they don't, uh, you know. I, I mm-hmm. in my per- personally in my personal group of friends, like mo- more of the gay men my age that I know are
2: positive than not. hmm I I think. I mean, I don't know if that's the yeah. experience, but well, no makes. Ex- well, I'll, I'll tell you a story about something that just recently happened uh, with a guy who. I met and we started to date and he was pretty pretty big um in the theater community in New York and and like I won't mention names cuz he's positive and I I wrote something on Facebook cuz I'm very open about it. I wrote something thoughtful and and something about me being HIV positive and how something inspirational I wrote. And so somebody else saw that and it's really silly, but somebody else saw that and told him and he freaked out and like he, he panicked and stuff because he's so afraid to, he, he's so afraid to that to uh, of anybody knowing in the theater community that he's positive because he's afraid that it will affect his career. And I thought that was like really sad.
1: Yeah, well, I don't think that's uncommon. I've had people before that, well, Facebook is such a crazy phenomenon where everybody posts every minutia of their stupid life, but, (laughs) well, well, no. I mean, I've been around 20-year-olds that basically take take, take pictures every five minutes and post it, and I'm like, okay. But, no, I think I'm very conscious of that because I'm so out about my HIV status that I've had people before that were like, if we're dating or whatever, like, they don't have a problem with it, but they're like, "Oh, I don't know if you should post pictures of us on Facebook because then people are going to assume, even if they were negative, like they're like yeah. even sometimes more if they're negative because then they're they're freaking out that someone's going to think they're positive." I'm like, "Girl, who cares? Like, you know what you are, but I understand that where people think there's going to be a judgment call,
2: especially if it's professional, mm-hmm. people get concerned about. So I get it. I, yeah, <laughs> and they totally. <laughs> and about, I, And afterwards, I was like, oh, wow, I totally, you know, I'm going to be more conscious next time. But it's just very interesting to see how deep it runs and how fear the deep runs. It's like, um, it's just, it's amazing. It really is. Yeah, it's too bad. I mean, I
1: think that's why we do what we do in various forms because there are people that are just, you know, so paranoid of someone finding out or talking about it. So it's unfortunate yeah do you ever do you ever i'm actually I've sort of been thinking about this personally because just the stigma and coming out because once you come out about it, especially with Facebook and like we said everybody's life is pretty exposed and the internet it never goes
2: away-huh
1: yeah this friend of mine was that I was actually had dinner with tonight he's a kid he's twenty two and he's totally out about it He's been on the cover of Pauls magazine and Robert, you know Jesse Sanchez. Anyways, Uh yeah, he was talking about how he's, you know, he doesn't know where he might go to graduate school and this and that, and he was just talking about it's weird to send out my resume or his resume because he's had job interviews where, you know, it's it's not uncommon to do a credit check and whatever, and he's like, they go on Facebook now and look. He's like, every interview I've had knew my HIV status, even though I hadn't disclosed it to them. It's like it's basically public information. So my question to you, Greg, is: Do you ever wish you could retract?
2: No, I don't. Um, only because I don't always wish I could retract, but I always say I'm going to do it differently next time. I'm going to be more mm. conscious about it. What, um, that, what do you mean by that? What I mean by that is like I I don't know. It's very New Agey, but I always I, I say like I'm not going to regret or, or regret my my actions or something that I put out there. But I just say, I'm going to be very conscious next time um, and more sensitive. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. I think that specifically, I was, I, I was thinking, do you wish you could
2: retract
1: being public about your
2: own status? Oh no, no, no. I'm don't. I'm very, when I, when I first um, came out uh, as, as being positive, that changed my life. Like, energetically it, it just like tore the shell right off of me and after that i was like thriving so i i never would retract it good I'm, i mean i i figured that's what you would say sort of
1: rhetorical but i think it's yeah. really well. <laughs> no i mean i think it's important for because i get question. that question all the time so i think it's important for our listeners to hear that because that's people always well i think people are always you know i i don't want to disclose i i'm but I like 99 times out of 100, you feel so much better. Like keeping a secret is so stressful and damaging. I think Absolutely. personally.
2: Absolutely, it does, and it can. And Louise Hayes it had some valid points there. <laughs> she said, no, Where she says things do like things can manifest in no. I think Crazy ass ways.
1: No, I think um, I, I was I, when I called her nuts. I mean, I think she's just a fanatic about that. But I do think you know, there's there's truth to the fact that. So do you
2: think you would you like to retract that statement of her being nuts?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I still think she's nuts. Good. <laughs>
2: Good. I love it. State, Yeah. Funny. Cool.
0: That's funny because for me, I find that after I disclosed publicly, like a weight came off my shoulders. You know what I mean, yeah. and I was just able to totally just be me and not, like you said, keep that secret. So, but it, it's a process. It's not something I did right away. It took me about five years to finally accept it. So, if somebody's listening and they're newly diagnosed, it's obviously not something that's going to happen right away. Like we all didn't jump on Facebook and shoot it out as soon as we were diagnosed. I mean, <laughs> Facebook wasn't even around, huh? Girl, Facebook. Yeah. we didn't have the internet. We didn't have the
1: internet when I was diagnosed, honey. <laughs>
2: no, there was uh
1: Atari right <laughs> yeah i was I was on my game boy playing
2: Atari game Boy, wow, that's cool, <laughs> yeah, I had a thought, but I can't remember what it was, but um
1: yeah, <laughs> oh, I was gonna Funny. say
2: I was gonna say like you know it does serve a purpose coming out and not telling a secret and it's amazing like just by our conversation and whoever's listening like how the energy is just going to like inspire somebody else to come out and anyways it's just like an energetic you know uh domino effect i think that's cool well, yeah I have, I have a question
0: free. Shoot. i have a question coming out of the pause Am chat room um how do people handle HIV when fear and loss is all they've ever known for decades? It does have a consuming effect. But Greg seems to have a background on this, so he's curious. Okay. What's the question? Where is it? Is it on the... The question um, is, what, what, does, what does Greg advise for HIV negative guys on how to deal with HIV without it consuming our thoughts when entering relationships, especially if they become intimate? It's often a, bar- a barrier and block, just not just physically, but spiritually. So I guess how does negative how do negative guys connect I guess spiritually with HIV positive people without it consuming you know their every thought?
2: Well, there's not really any secret any secret recipe to that. It's just can you can you just repeat the question one more time because it was
0: breaking <laughs> in and out. Sorry. <laughs> it says what does Greg advise for HIV negative guys on how to deal with? HIV without it consuming our thoughts. The person is HIV negative, and when entering relationships, especially when they become huh. intimate,
2: well, it, the only way that's going to happen is is through communication. I think that's the only the if both people are willing to communicate and talk about it, that alone is going to is going to solve ninety percent of whatever issues come up. Wouldn't you think you, so?
1: Yeah, well, also, I think the inference with that kind of question and what I get from people is that if they're negative and they are obs- – I mean, a lot of people, are, that's just fear talking where you're like, oh, my God, I Absolutely. can't not think about it. And I think for – I would advise to someone who's in that situation is, first of all, you know, totally educate yourself on how it's transmitted and what the best way to protect yourself are, is. And if you if you can't get okay with that, then you can't. I mean, you, then can't, you, can't, be with exactly. a, you can't be with an HIV-positive person if it's going to be all-consuming and you think you're going to get it constantly and you can't get away from that. I mean, you have to be
2: okay with safer sex being an option. And if you're not, then you're not. And, and also just know it's not an overnight thing. I mean, gay men do like to move fast, I think. Um, that's just not generalizing. I think it's true. But whatever wherever you want to be in that relationship it's going to take time and that's that's the most important thing and knowing that you're going to it's going to be hard it it can be hard it may not be sometimes but for most people but some people it's going to be difficult so you just have to hang in there and just be patient
0: yeah i totally agree another question coming out of um the chat room is how have how did you deal with starting meds and And how are your side effects?
2: oh God, like I started meds like uh like nine ten years ago, and it was like heart, you have to hit hard, I think it was h a a r t oh God, you're in that, yeah, I was <laughs> in that and and it was really dumb idea because um. I was a hot mess back then and I was not going <laughs> to I was not going <laughs> to adhere to anything. So I I started the medication and I fucked it up. I didn't take it a lot or I didn't take it when I was supposed to and eventually I became um resistant to one of them. So I stopped taking meds altogether for like 5 years until like 3 years ago when I started up again. And luckily, there's so many new meds out, so many new um, lines out that um, there's just a lot of great choices now. So it was hard at the beginning for me because you really have to be mentally ready to take medic medication. Don't listen to doctors; they if they're going to tell you you need to take it right now because you have to be ready. Actually, I think that's a really good point because
1: it's so true. I mean, you can be prescribed all the this- the medicine in the world. And if you aren't committed to adhering to it, I mean, it doesn't
0: matter. So Mm -hmm.
2: it's a good point. Absolutely.
0: We're down to the last 12 minutes. So I just want to really quick throw the number out there again. If you'd like to call us here at the show and have a question for Greg, three, four, seven, two, one, five, nine, four, four, two, and press the number one button so you can reach us here. Um, what was the question? Here it is. Um, um, question from the chat room. When you stopped taking your meds, was it under supervision of your doctor or was it a choice that you made on your own?
2: It was a choice I made on my own. <laughs> um, yeah, I just said, you know, I I said, you know, I, this is really too hard for me. I mean, it sounds like why is it hard to take your meds? But believe me, when, when you're going through, like, an emotional crisis, um that has to do with HIV and other things, you know, HIV wasn't just the only thing that was causing me to go a little cray cray, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I needed to like, I made the choice. I said, I got to stop because if I just continue to do this, I'm not, I'm just going to screw it up. So I made the choice. Like I listened to myself and I said, I need to stop.
1: Well, I think that's a good message for people as well. Like, you know, people are like, oh, with HIV, it's not a big deal. You just take a pill and you're fine. Well, it's not that easy for everyone. I mean, I, I especially back in the day, you had to take multiple pills. And now it's like, yeah, I mean, you have to do other – it's not just popping a pill and then you just like, you know, hey, I'm great. I mean, there's other aspects to taking care of yourself that – I mean, yeah, you can just do the, the minimal – I mean, first of all, you don't have to take meds at all, and if you do, you can take the minimal and not, and you can, you know, be a hot mess and party and do whatever. Well, that's obviously not the best course of action. So Mm -hmm. it is, you know, when you decide to take care of yourself, it's, it's, you should in full force and not just be like, oh, okay, well,
2: I just, you know, take a pill, I'll be fine. It's more than that. Exactly, it really is more than that. It's a definite, it's an emotional thing, a mental thing. I mean, it's not like taking, you know, um, antibiotics. It's it, this is like, literally, it's a lifesaver. I mean, the meds are a lifesaver, as as expensive and toxic as they can be, even though they're, you know, nowadays they're a lot less toxic, but they are a lifesaver.
1: I want to ask you: Do you think I found, for me myself, and I, I know other people that, I, especially back in the you know, when I was I was diagnosed in eighty nine and the medications were controversial. But I found it I find it empowering. Like I actually like to take the pill mm-hmm. because I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm doing something
2: proactive for myself. And mm-hmm. you know, and do you find that? I do. And I am you know, it's a little hard sometimes, but I'm finding I'm finding more peace with it. I do see like, wow, this is really um this is saving my life, essentially. So, right. yeah, I do. And I think that's a good point, um, to visualize it that way or to look at it that way. That's
0: really good. I totally agree. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about, since we're winding down to the last couple of minutes, is one of the headlines I wanted to uh, talk about before uh, you came on, Greg, was, uh, but in Wyoming, PA, uh, right here in my own home state, there was a headline um that hit the news on January eleventh and it was a, a guy who was basically going to pharmacies and holding up pharmacies in Berks and Montgomery counties by telling the workers that they he was armed with a needle that had the AIDS virus in it. And he's going to these pharmaceutical companies Damn. not Florida companies. Going to these pharmacies and basically robbing them with a needle that supposedly has the HIV virus in it just to get like Percocets and pain medications and things like that. And it pisses me off because HIV doesn't hit the headlines here in PA for the alarming, you know, the high infection rate or, you know, the AIDS walk or World AIDS Day. It only hits there when stuff like this hits the headlines, and it pisses me off. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think that's
2: stupid. I mean stupid. I, I think the media and the whole the whole perception of the whole the whole the way that this whole issue is viewed by America, I think that is kind of fucked
0: up. Yeah, I totally agree. Jack, what do you think? Could you imagine? Professionally (laughs) speaking.
2: Yeah,
1: no, I mean, I, listen, I think, you know, the media likes to cover sensational stories. They don't like to cover when people are doing good work or, you know, please, the Kardashians have their own TV show for doing nothing. So, (laughs) no, I mean, I think it's, it's, we can't we can't really expect more from the media, but you know I mean you just have to keep doing what we're doing because beyond headlines, I mean there's really we have an influence and there's people doing really good work that and, you know I mean I I think unfortunately that's what it's grabbing headlines
2: sensational crap like that but there's more to it yeah it's it's very sensational and you really can't do anything about it except like like he said, we, just doing what we're doing, doing what you're doing. I, yeah, feel, exactly. like a, I feel like there's a shift. Something's happening, I think, it, it, with the media and the news station. Something is happening with, like, especially with Fox and everything. I just all going to be crashing down, I think. Well, I also, not, not, I, I personally think
1: that so much more... I mean, like, Facebook and Twitter is so immediate now. I mean, granted, that's not a worthy news source, but it's like, you know, when you see something on the on TV by, by the evening news, if it happened in the morning, it's already tired. You know, it's yeah, like, absolutely. well, they've been talking about it on Twitter for six hours. So I think that <laughs> kind of stuff, it's, you know, in the immediacy of the public's need for information, it's like, Okay, well, that news that, that news bit about some guy with a needle, that'll be in the headlines for a day. I and mean, the next day, it'll be onto something new. So I know it's sort of damaging, that kind of stuff, but it's like I think people, I think you're right, Greg, that the media's changing and people are becoming more educated in a lot of ways because of, of all this mass media, but also I think it's isolating for other people that aren't tapped into all that. So it, it's interesting. It'll
2: be interesting to see how it evolves. Yeah, it is. It, it will be it, it right. is a little intense right now. <laughs> yeah.
0: All well, the world's changing so fast. Before you know it, you know we'll be flying cars. <laughs> Greg, um, uh, before we let you go, can you please uh, give out your website again and, and and where people can contact you?
2: Yeah, you can contact me at urbanawakespiritualcenter.org dot org, and you can just email me at. Info at awake Spiritual Center dot org. And um and that's it. It was really fun talking with you guys. I had a blast, so thank you.
0: And you're you're also on Twitter, right? So people can follow you?
2: Yeah, Urban awake- um Urban underscore awake. Um that's my Twitter. That's my Twitter.
0: <laughs>
2: my Twitter, whatever it's called. <laughs>
0: Well, Greg, thank you so much for hanging out with us, and I'm sure we'll cross paths at some point.
2: Absolutely. It was a great pleasure. You guys take care.
0: Oh, well, wait wait a minute, Greg. Wait, Greg, real quick. Don't you have a show that you're launching tomorrow on Blog Talk Radio? Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Actually, it's going to be next Saturday, Saturday at 10 o'clock.
0: Well, give yourself a plug real quick so people can know about it.
2: Yeah, it is going to be um, Saturday at 10 o'clock. It's just me self-mastery coach and i'm gonna have guest speakers on talking about you know i want to try to change it up and have interesting people come on talking about um changing your lives in amazing ways sort of like oprah but uh, a little, a little <laughs> different <laughs> i'm riding on oprah's uh wings so
0: <laughs> right, cool, cool they can find that on blog talk radio and what's the name of the show
2: um, it's just called Greg Helpin Self Mastery Coach, and it'll be okay. on my website. Like, everything will be listed on the website. Cool. Okay. Well, thank you. So oh, much. and one Thanks more thing too. Yep, yep. One more thing. I'm sorry. One more little plug. Every Wednesday morning at nine o'clock, I do a meditation call, and it's at nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time, and they can get the information on my website. And it's essentially just doing um, guided meditation to start your day. That's it.
0: And you do that live. Awesome.
2: And I do that live. Yeah.
0: Cool. All right, Greg. Will you have a great night?
2: You too. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye. And yep. Bye.
0: And remember, you can find more information on our guest, Greg Helpin, at urbanawakespiritualcenter.org. dot org. Wow, that was a fast hour. It was fast. So, what do you have going on, Jack? Any projects? Anything coming up? Or are you just kind of relaxing?
1: Um, I don't know. <laughs> I gotta figure that I gotta figure that out probably next month when my money runs out.
0: Right, right. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Cool. So people can go get your calendar still at your website?
1: Yeah, it's it's the new year, but hey, listen, a butt is a butt is three (laughs) sixty five. Buy it now before my butt is hanging and dragging on the ground. No, but yeah, you can just go to (laughs) it's easiest to just it's just Google Jack McEnroe's calendar. You can find uh, it. It's not you'll that hard. you find it. And it's yeah. worth
0: every penny, let me tell you. <laughs> Shut up. Bitch, you, yeah, I wanna, I, you I haven't, yeah, I haven't hanging it up, but I want to, like, throw darts at it. Because you're okay, so for getting, like, ripped in every muscle. And like, I'm going to get them every time. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Photoshop. I'm actually Whatever. 435
1: pounds. Yeah, right. <laughs>
0: All right, Jack, well, we are down to the last minute. So, folks, more information on Jack at jackmackenroff.com. More information on myself and the show at com. Jack, have a great night. And, no, Terry, Jack does not show his penis in his calendar. <laughs> <laughs> you can go you know, that, too, it. probably. All right, <laughs> yeah. have a good night. Have a good Bye. night, everybody. Bye. Greater What's going a? on out here? We got changes to make. It's time to wake up for humanity's sake. Break the silence today before it's too late. AIDS is affecting us, disrespecting us. I'ma go get tested. It's a simple maneuver. It's not about the past. It's about my future. I'm not trying to miss it. I won't be a statistic, so I protect myself whenever I'm intimate. At this moment, I decided to have a plan. It's time to take a stand, because AIDS, I'm greater than. <laughs> this is Senior Chaos, and this was my deciding moment. Tell us yours at greaterthan.org. What great is What's is going time? on? Thank you for joining us. You can find more information on our show and our past archives on iTunes or at www.poziam.com. That's www.poziam.com.